a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and uh, so much to get to today. And uh, if you're in your car, if you're just uh, wired in here, uh, just settle in. Uh, the next uh, two segments are, are going to change the way you think uh, about some things in terms of how we impact behavior, what criminal justice could look like, should look like, and uh, what happens when you get a focus on principles and accountability and integrity, uh, it's a fascinating ride, and we're going to do that. And so we're going to begin today as we always begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So it is time to think again. It's time to think again about how we help those who are dealing with homelessness, those who are dealing with drug addiction, those who have been in and out of the revolving door of the criminal justice system. And we have the ultimate inside source on this. Dave DeRocher joins us from the Other Side Academy. And uh, just settle in. I'm telling you, you want to hear this entire story. This is a double redemption uh, and beyond story uh, that, uh, to me, just reinforces why community and culture will always lead. And we don't need to look to Washington. We don't need to look to government to solve the significant problems of our day. Uh, so first, Dave, thanks for joining us today. Boyd, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you for having me. And let's let's start at the beginning. For some of our listeners who may not be familiar <laughs> with the Other Side Academy, and, and then we'll dive kind of into your story and then a kind of a next generation story uh, as well as we go through this today. So, so take us back. We know the Other Side Academy is here in Salt Lake City and uh, is doing extraordinary work with people who have been in and out of the criminal justice system. Uh, give us a little bit of that story and then uh, tell us where you got connected. Sure. So the Other Side Academy is a two and a half year re-education facility, 30 months long. And usually when you think of programs for people who have had long term drug addiction and people who have been in and out of jails and prisons, you think 30, 60, 90 day model. But I want you to stop and just let that sink in and, and, and rethink that and go 30 months long. So we're a minimum 30 months long and we're completely free. If you walk through our front door, take a seat on our bench and we interview you and we accept you, you start right then. If you write us a letter from the county jail anywhere uh, in Utah, in the county jail, we'll interview you in county jail pre-sentence. And if we accept you, then the judge, the LDA, and the prosecutor can sentence you to TOSA, but only if we interview you and we accept you. And then you can come here in lieu of a very lengthy prison sentence. Our average student's been arrested over 25 times. Uh, That's the aggregate total. So it's the long-term drug addict coupled with the criminal component. And the fascinating thing is, Boyd, we never even talk about drugs at the Other Side Academy. Drugs aren't the problem. In light of the way we've been doing it for decades, behaviors are the problem. Anybody that's listening right now knows if you have a friend, family member, son, daughter, drug addicts become liars and cheaters and thieves and all those things that comprise a drug addict. Those are the behaviors that have to change. 
And seldom, I want to I emphasize that, seldom can you do that, the 30, 60, 90 day model. Not that you can't, it just doesn't happen very often. Usually people like us need much longer to stay in the mode of practice of doing the right thing every day, being called out on it by your peers every day until you change those behaviors and you learn to be honest and be accountable and have integrity. The other fascinating thing about the Other Side Academy is, uh, besides the fact that it's 30 months long minimum and it's free, is we take no money from the government at all. City, county, state, federal government, rich mommy and daddy, Medicaid, insurance, nothing. We, the students, uh, generate all of the revenue ourselves through our social enterprises. Our moving company is the number one rated moving company in the entire state of Utah called the Other Side Movers. Then we have two large thrift boutiques, uh, one on State Street in Murray and one at 33rd and 13th in Mill Creek. And we have a small construction company called the Other Side Builders. And now we've just purchased another warehouse, and we're going to start a vaulted storage uh, company. And those four social enterprises will generate all of the revenue. So we are a completely self-sustaining entity where the students are generating the revenue. And why shouldn't they? When you're a drug addict or you're a criminal and you're going to another program, somebody else is paying for your treatment. Somebody else, the taxpayer, is paying for your recovery. The taxpayer didn't break us. We did. Why shouldn't we re- be responsible for fixing ourselves and generating the revenue that it takes to do so? That's, the, that's really the, the magic in the model. It's just really critical to understand that piece, that yeah. nobody else is doing it. We're doing it ourselves. Yeah, and I, and I love that component to it. Uh, it and to think again, <laughs> we call this segment Think Again. Uh, and, and think again, You're, you just mentioned it, and I'm going to repeat it. The number one customer service rated moving company in the state of Utah is run by people who used to get into your house and take your TV out of the window and go sell it at a pawn shop. Uh, right. And if you've never experienced uh, everybody, I think everybody and every leader, every executive, every politician should have to go watch and participate in a move from the other side movers. It is the magic. It is orchestrated to the umpteenth degree uh, and it's leadership and action and accountability. And so you yeah. have this wonderful model at the Other Side Academy. Again, you're there's no guns, there's no guards, there's no therapist. You're you're peer to peer, and you're focused on behavior. Uh, and so, right. walk us through, Dave, uh, your journey. Uh, and I know you guys don't focus on the past, as you mentioned. You don't talk about the you know the last time you were high or your last big binge. Uh, you guys are so forward focused. Uh, but give us just a sense of of your journey. Uh, from where you were uh, and uh, to where you are? You know, today I'm the executive director at the Other Side Academy, but I always, I haven't always been, obviously. I was a drug addict for over 27 years. And when I say drug addict, I mean long-term drug addict. Out of the workforce for decades, it consumed my entire life. I wasn't a weekend user. I was an everyday user and just running the streets. And, you know, started with alcohol at a young age, then went to pot, then cocaine all the way through my high school years, then graduated from high school and got got into methamphetamine. And that really is where the wheels fell off. And shortly after I started using meth, I started selling drugs to support my habit. It wasn't planned that I want to be a drug dealer someday. It's just I kind of just fell into it. And as a result of those bad decisions, I started going to prison, did a two-year prison term, got out for 59 days, did a five-year prison term, got out for 60 days. Did a six-year prison term, got out for four months, then did a 10-year prison term. So it was two, then five, then six, then 10, with very little time out in between my terms. And I mean this when I say it. The day I got out of prison, I was literally on my way back. I didn't know how to live life uh, 
the right way. I didn't know how to tell the truth and be honest and be accountable. You know, and it's really important that, you know, drug addicts, we all suffer from those character flaws. And just getting us clean and sober is not enough. We spend so much time worrying about clean and sober, clean and sober, clean and sober. We forget that if you don't change the behaviors, you're going to go back and get dirty again. Right. But anyway, after all those four prison terms, I got busted again. Uh, that was a high-speed chase in, in Huntington Beach, California that involved the helicopter, the pursuit intervention technique. They finally got me. And when I went to, to jail, I uh, went to court the first time. My sentence was 29 years. Wow. And having already served all those years in prison or having already lived there, now I realize now I'm going to go back and I'm going to die there. So I fought my case for a long time in the county jail and got it down from 29 to 22. And that's when the judge said, Mr. DeRocher, your deal is 22, whether you take it to trial or whether you plead out. And one day I was in my cell and because I wasn't very busy at, at night in my cell, I decided to write that judge a letter. And I said, you know, Your Honor, what do you have to lose? I wrote a place called Delancey Street, which is uh, was the gold standard in this country for yeah. many years. It's a two-year re-education facility. And Delancey Street came and they interviewed me and they accepted me. And the judge said no. So I wrote him that letter and I asked him, he says, I don't know why you, know, why you won't give me the opportunity, Your Honor. I've already been to prison four times. I realize that's where I belong. But now I'm asking you for some help. And Delancey Street thinks they can help me. If you send me to Delancey Street and I get kicked out or I split, you can lock me up for the rest of my life. Or the next time I see you is because I'm coming back to say thank you. And a few weeks later, when I went to court uh, in waist irons and uh, handcuffs and, and whatnot, uh, sitting in, a, in a, like a phone booth metal cage, Judge Pacheco said, Mr. DeRocher, against my better judgment, I'm going to give you the opportunity of a lifetime. Mm. And he sentenced me to Delancey Street, and I had to go there and stay for two years to beat that 22-year prison sentence. He said, but when you get kicked out or you split, I've got you for the rest of your life. Well, I went, and I ended up staying eight and a half years. Wow. Two years to beat that 22-year prison sentence. And I stayed six and a half more because I fell in love with the process. And for the first time in my life, I fell in love with me. And what I mean by that is I, I realized that I've got some self-worth. I can live a dignified life. I can get up every day and go to work. I can be honest. I can, I can be accountable. But it took time. And drugs weren't my problem. I quickly realized that my behaviors were. Right. I had all kinds of behavior issues I had to deal with. And Delancey Street gave me the opportunity to stay in the mode of practice long enough for me to learn those behaviors and have them become part of who I was, not just what I did. Yeah. And after eight and a half years at Delancey Street, I graduated. And then through a very serendipitous chain of events, uh, Joseph Grenny and Tim Stay uh, reached out and asked if I'd be willing to come to Utah to help start a replication uh, of sorts of Delancey Street. And I didn't know who they were or why they wanted to start it. And there were some other people that kind of put us in contact with each other. But long story short, they flew to Los Angeles. We met at a steakhouse that LA Live at Fleming's, and we had a, a long dinner conversation about what that would look like, and I immediately knew I was in the presence of two great men. And uh, at the end of that conversation, they asked if I'd, help, if I'd come to Utah and help get the Other Side Academy started. All right. And I I'm agreed gonna... to do so, and that was nearly six years ago. Wow, six years ago. And uh, I'm going to have you hang tight, and if you're just joining us, we've got Dave DeRosier from the Other Side Academy, and you do not want to miss the rest of this story. It will make you think again about a host of things. So stay with us. Much more to come here on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Great to be with you here on KSL News Radio. Today I am Boyd Matheson, and we're continuing our conversation with Dave DeRocher from uh, the Other Side Academy. Uh, if you missed the first segment, you got to go get the podcast today. This is a must listen, uh, and it will cause you to think again. 
to think again about addiction, to think again about behavior, to think again about criminal justice. And most of all, it'll get you to think again about redemption and what it takes for people to change, to transform, to move forward and to become positive members of society. Uh, Dave has been uh, graciously sharing his story with us and what led him to the Other Side Academy uh, with Tim Stay and Joseph Grinney, who uh, we've had on this program before. Uh, This is a transformational experience. Anyone who walks into the Other Side Academy will never be the same, ever. Uh, It's one of those your mind expands and it will never go back to the way it was because you see people different, you see processes different, uh, and you see uh, opportunity and ability uh, in just a very different way. Uh, so Dave, I, w- I want to pick up on your story. So you went through Delancey street, you spent eight years there, you developed these skills, these natural abilities that had been dormant, uh, when you were on the street or on drugs or in and out of prison, uh, you, you tag team with, uh, with Joseph and Tim, uh, you launched the other side Academy, but there's another part to this story. Uh, you're, you're not only transforming uh, all of those students that are, and I love that you call them students at the Other Side Academy, uh, you're transforming lives there. But this is also a, a second generation story. Uh, I, I saw on your Facebook page uh, earlier this week uh, just a, a magical moment uh, with you and your son. Uh, tell that part to our listeners today. Yeah, I, I, I've got three boys uh, Christopher is my oldest, my middle boy, his little brother is Ryan. And then I have another son named Ben from another mother altogether. And I started really young. I had my first son when I was in high school, but make no mistake about it. Uh, I had boys, but I was not their dad. I had children, but I did not raise them. And there was a time, uh, while I was living the lifestyle that 20 years went by. And when I say 20 years, I mean that, uh, not 19, not 20, it just happened to land or not 21. It just happened to land on 20. There was no letters, no phone calls, no contact between me and my kids while I was running the streets, going in and out of jail and prison. And then while at Delancey Street, both of my oldest boys popped in at different times. I'll never forget while I was in my office, uh, one of the other uh, residents there, Lola, came and told me that I had a visit. and My son was there, and I was kind of in shock, not knowing which one and why, and I had no idea he was coming. And long story short, we, uh, I saw both of my boys a few times while I was in Delancey Street, mm-hmm. and then a couple more times while I was out of Delancey Street. But it was a very uh, uh, estranged relationship. Sure. I, I, I fathered them, but I was not their dad. And we worked hard to try to put pieces back together, but it didn't quite work, mostly because the lifestyle they were living at the time. And about two years ago, almost to the day, uh, I was uh, talking with their mother, who I hadn't spoken to in 30 years, my ex-wife and her husband, and they were telling me that both boys were not doing well, they were doing drugs, and I was able to find out where they lived in California. And I jumped on a plane, and I flew to California, and my sons had no idea that I was coming. And uh, when I got there, I knocked on the door, and my youngest boy opened the door, and he literally opened the door, Boyd, in his underwear, and he's looking at me, and he goes, with that stunned look on his face, and he's like, Dad? And I said, open the door and sit down. And I sat both of my sons down and had a very long conversation and spent the next pretty much 36 to 48 hours with him, took my oldest boy to court, got some of his warrants withdrawn, got him involved in the uh, 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 drug court, and got that piece taken care of. And I told my youngest boy, Ryan, that when you're ready, uh, let me know. I'll get you in a program someplace here in the country. And a few months later, he called me and he said, Dad, I'm ready. And I called TROSA and North Carolina, and they're dear friends of ours, a remarkable organization, very similar to TOSA. I know they sound alike. TROSA is T-R-O-S-A. 
completely different than Tosa. But I called them, got him an interview. They accepted him, and I put him on a plane and flew him to, to North Carolina. And uh, I saw him two days ago for the first time in well over a year. And uh, it was a very, very special moment. He was completely different. He had grown up considerably, and we sat down, and I said, what are your plans, Ryan? And he said, Dad, I'm going to stay a third year. I go, you are? Why? And he said, because I know I need a little more time, and I love helping people. And that was really, it's, it's hard to put into words, because he was lost for, for many, many years, both him and his brother. And uh, both of them are doing exceptionally well now, and Ryan in particular, because we were able to get him to a place that addresses the behaviors and all the things that led him down that road. And it was a, a proud moment to, to be able to share that with him. Uh, that's a, it's an extraordinary story and is uh, just a, uh, it is a double redemption story. That's, that's the first thing that popped into my head when I saw that. And I immediately texted you, you were still in North Carolina uh, when I texted and, and what a, uh, what an emotional moment uh, for yeah. you and to, to see that outcome uh, which is, I know, something else that you focus on uh, at the other side of Academy, that activity isn't enough. It's about outcome. And integrity isn't yeah. something you just talk about. It's something you live and something that you do. Uh, and, and this approach uh, is just something that is transformational. And it's and I think it's the only way uh, that, that we can really make the change that we need. Uh, and just locking people up uh, just gives them an opportunity to become uh, a better criminal. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Rather than those boy, skills, can I, go can ahead. I share something with you as it relates to children and, and drug addicts. I, I I feel very strongly about this. The best thing I ever did when I started down that lifestyle is to get away from my kids because I had become a, a complete animal on the street, a monster. Mm-hmm. I was dealing drugs and guns and high speed chases and violence and all that stuff. And when you get away from your kids and other people are raising them, which is the best thing to do when you live the lifestyle I was living. And oftentimes what you find today is everybody, when you have a drug addict, criminal, everybody's trying to reunite them back to their kids all the time. Well, they need to be with their kids. They need to be with their kids. Let me explain something. Our average student's been arrested 25 times. And if you get arrested 25 times, that means you got out 25 times. And if every time you get out, you see your children, every time you see them, when you get rearrested, you break a piece of their heart off. Mm. People are coming to us from all over the country, and they're always asking, how do we break the cycle? Separate the drug addict from the children because the drug addict is teaching the children how to do it. Even if you're not sitting down with a pipe and showing the child how to load the pipe, just them watching mom and dad, they're learning through our, through what they see us do. They become what they watch and when they become what they learn. People don't put enough emphasis on that. You can reunite people back with their kids again, but you've got to make sure that they've become the 2.0 version of themselves. Otherwise, they just continually do more and more damage to the children. The best thing you can do, separate them, make sure the kids are in a good place, but the kids first. And make sure that drug addict, criminal, father or mother gets the help that they need before you reunite them again. So the next time you do reunite them, the mother or the father is a different person and they stop letting those kids down. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, we'd keep you here all day, Dave, but uh, always appreciate Dave DeRosier from the Other Side Academy. Uh, this is where transformation happens. Uh, this is where we can all begin to think again uh, about drug addiction, about the criminal justice system, about people on the street, uh, and how do we help them become part of society and part of our communities. Dave, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Boyd. All right. Again, that's uh, Dave DeRosier from the Other Side Academy. And I'm, I'm telling you, and you may have missed this early on, uh, 
the other side academy does this without any money from the government. Think about that. With no government funding, not federal, not state, not local, they provide for themselves through the other side movers, through their thrift boutique, uh, through their building company, uh, and a host of other things. Uh, And they're developing the skills that they missed when they were on the street or behind bars. And it is an accountability factor. They are a benefit to their community. I'll never forget sitting in a city council meeting when they were looking to expand uh, and hearing the neighbors. Uh, Think about that. Having 100 uh, former felons move into your neighborhood. The neighborhood loves them because the neighborhood is better because the students of the Other Side Academy are there. This is a phenomenal model. It's based on principles, it's based on behavior, and it's transforming lives. If you haven't checked it out, go to The Other Side Academy uh, and check it out. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, a voice you're probably familiar with is celebrating a 30th anniversary. Find out who it is next. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.